Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, I'm Michelle Martin. Time to talk about what markets are talking about this morning. My guest is Jack Cousy, founder and director of strategy at the VFS Group, which is a wealth management firm based in Sydney, Australia. The VFS Group manages assets on behalf of private clients. Jack, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? I'm very well, Michelle. How are you? Doing well. Listen, the global ratings agency S&P has lowered its outlook on Australia's coveted AAA rating to negative from stable. This in anticipation of a material weakening in the government's debt position because it's splashing out on a large fiscal stimulus package. Jack, let's talk about the ASX 200 since you're joining us from Sydney. Up about 3.5% over the past week, down over 20% this year. What is your take on Australian equities? Yeah, I mean, the, the downgrading is the market's really shrugged it off today. I mean, we opened down about 100 points and we've since rallied 70 points. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be the first or the last downgrading that Moody's gives across the globe, obviously, with this COVID crisis. Mm. In terms of that government spending, that's increased a lot. If you talk about what we spent during the GFC, it was about 1.8% of GDP. Uh, we're up to about 6%. Generally, in terms of markets and inequities, both here and across the globe, I'm quite optimistic. I mean, Australia did have one of its worst months it's ever had, you know, roughly down about 20% across the board in comparison to the S&P, which is down about 126 We have some factors that I think are leading to some positive things for the market here. We've seemed to make a dent into the curve here locally. Uh, governments and banks are working in unison. I mean, we have quite an advantage in terms of debt repayments. You know, we have four banks which control a big majority of the market. So we have a centralised point of scope where we can, you know, reinforce some of these issues that are occurring across the globe. Combined with a weak Aussie dollar, I think it's going to be attractive for overseas investors. And uh, we're still a commodity-led market. We rely on that a lot. And with China ramping up, I think we've got some ingredients here for a broad-based rally across Australia. So I'm, I'm quite positive on where we are going forward from here. Um, but it's certainly been a brutal month for Australian investors here locally. How's the shape of Australians' debt? Is it in good shape? I mean, is anyone's debt in in good shape at this point in time, Michelle? I mean, I think everybody's um, debt is going to be in some bad shape, continually because we're spending so much. But it's um, something I think we can overcome as an economy. I mean, we most likely will go through a recession. You know, it's going to be the first recession we've had in almost three decades. So there's no doubt that we've got some tough times ahead, but I really think the market will pull through from here going forward. So we spoke with Jim Rogers on the show yesterday, and Jim said he's interested in scooping up Japanese equities, Asian aviation, and holding on to U.S. dollars. What do you make of that? Jim who? No, I'm only kidding. I'm <laughs> I was going to have to cut joke. you off the line. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, who might argue with Jim Rogers? Uh, I'll answer in three-part three part question. So the first one, Japanese equities, I mean, sure, they present some value when you compare it to, you know, Chinese or U.S. counterparts. I'm not a big fan of the Japanese market. I think there are better plays out there. Um, certainly, their stocks present good dividends. But, you know, do we want to invest that in this type of environment? I mean, have you heard of a Japanese company in the last 10 years or a Japanese tech company that's emerged in the last 10 years that's taken the world by storm? You'd probably struggle to find one. Um, now, I'm not saying it's, it's not a bad investment. I just think there's better value out there. You know, I'm a big China bull. I think China is in the midst of a, a full-blown recovery here. So if in terms of Asia, that's where I'd be looking at. 
In mm. terms of the airline play, I actually think he's onto something. Uh, you've got to think that we're going to get back in the air. People are going to go fly again. Where, as a species, we want to travel. I think it'll take a bit of time, but when we compare it to September 11, it took about two years for us to get back to those peak um, travel requirements or, or peak travel uh, numbers. I think it'll be a bit quicker this time because it's just therapeutic and medicine. So I don't mind that play. Um, I actually quite like Qantas here locally and Delta Airlines uh, in the US. And if I had to pick an Asian play, um, it would probably be Singapore Airlines. So I really think there's some value those in those airlines that have been beaten up. And then uh, lastly, in terms of the US dollar, I guess it's just a, a, a question of are you optimistic or are you pessimistic about markets in general? Um, I'm quite optimistic from where we're going. I think we're starting to see bottoms in place across global markets. I think we're going to see a rally. I believe we're going to be seeing a rally. I'm positioning for that. Mm. So in a risk-off environment, you're probably negative US dollar, but you know, I, still, I see his point in, in holding US dollar definitely. All right. I'm going to have to ask you to speak up, Jack, because you sound like you're speaking through a sock. We've had this problem oh, with uh, right. another guest from Australia as well. Um, and, and he mentioned Wi-Fi was a bit spotty. I'm not sure if you can help us out, but um, we yeah. can't quite hear you too clearly. Jack, who's my guest? That. Don't, invest, don't invest in Australian telcos then. They're not a very good investment. <laughs> clearly. You can hear that one. Listen, listen, talking about aviation, Warren Buffett, the sage of Omaha, his Berkshire Hathaway yeah. has sold off more than 300 million US dollars worth of shares in Delta yeah. Airlines. He's also divested about 4% of his stake in another US carrier, Southwest Airlines. So is it time to dump American aviation stocks? You mentioned uh, you were positive about Delta, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to disagree with Jim Rogers and Warren Buffett ah. in the same radio segment. I'm doing really well here. I... I would be buying the airlines here. Um, I like Delta out of my pick out of the US. It's got some good corporate partnerships. It was a standout performer before this crisis happened. It was probably the number one airline in the US. Airlines in general, I like. I think the market will see through this quicker than we've seen in um, before crises. So, and I, I believe we're going to go back into the air. I believe we're going to travel. And I also believe that's going to happen quicker than before. So I shared Jim's sentiments on, on the airlines in general mm-hmm. and would be buying airlines at this point. All right, let's turn to gold, which surged yesterday with futures hitting the highest level in more than seven years. What do you think are some of the factors driving demand for gold? Yeah, I mean, what investors need to understand here is gold is an opportunity cost, right? It's a safe, a safe haven asset or you look towards it for a safe haven. Hmm. Normally, your opportunity cost is cash or treasuries or bonds or fixed interest. Now, the yield on those is much lower than it's ever been in history. So the opportunity cost of holding gold as opposed to a safe haven asset like cash or fixed interest is a lot lower because they're paying a lot less. So in saying that, you know, it's an attractive asset for bears or people who believe that, you know, the world is not going to return to normal. My thoughts on it is we've held gold for about eight or nine months. We sold those positions, well, completed the, the finish of those positions in the last couple of days. I mean, gold has been quite disappointing in the last four to six weeks. I mean, if, if gold was ever going to push past 1,700 and continue to those new highs, it would have been in the last month when markets were in disarray. So I have a little bit of a negative outlook on gold only because I believe, you know, we're going to see an equity run here and, and assets will move into those, those assets. Well, funny money will move into that asset class. Interesting view. Let's turn to the VIX index or the fear gauge. According to that index, investors seem less uncertain a week ago. Jack, do you expect volatility then to decrease? 
Yeah, I mean, I just I think you're going to see volatility. I just don't think you're going to see the swings of volatility that we saw, you know, in the first two to three weeks of March. You know, are we going to see continue? Oh, no, we just came off a seven percent update a couple of days ago. Are we going to continue to see those? No, I think the market will start to get more temperamented, which means the VIX should come down. I mean, can we handle the VIX at seventy again? I don't think my heart can. Um, I think you're going to see a lowering in terms of the volatility that we're seeing because. I really believe markets are starting to bottom out. Now, I could be wrong. Um, the beauty of holding assets, like liquid assets, is you can get out of them. But I would be short the VIX if I had a gun to my head at this point in time. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the oil story. Uh, your thoughts on where prices could be heading after Thursday? Uh, in terms of oil? Yes. I mean, if you ever want to talk about uh, a commodity that's been front and center, we're going to talk about oil. Look, the question I think you should ask me is where do I see oil in two, three, four or five years? I mean, I really don't see oil going back to 40, 50 or 60. I mean, if it goes to 60, I'd be throwing the house out and short it. I mean, if we look at oil as a commodity and as an investment class, I really believe it's the new tobacco. You know, millennials don't want it. Fund managers don't want to have it as, as part of their asset class. So I see a lower oil price for longer. Um, which is good for global recovery, um, and it's not an asset class that I would look to include for my investors or my own portfolio. Uh, will I believe that the Russians and the Saudi Arabians will do a deal? I think they'll have to. Someone's mm. going to blink at some point in time. So, you know, we probably will see uh, oil back at 30, 35. But do I see it going back to the heydays of 60 or 70? I really can't see that in the foreseeable future or the long term. Where are you seeing opportunity for your clients? What are you telling them, Jack? Yeah, I mean, don't try to overplay it or, you know, think about what was strong before the crisis and what will continue to be strong after the crisis. I don't think you can go past big tech. Um, there is really only two types of tech in the world. There is U.S. tech and there is China tech. I think you should look at both of those um, as an asset class and be buying those. You know, I'm talking about guys like Meishuan, Alibaba and Tencent in China, and I'm talking about guys like Amazon, Google, Facebook and Apple in, in the U.S. I think they will be standout performers. One little sector within that that we really like is um, mobile payments. So cash is dead, I believe. I think this is the final nail in cash's coffin here. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's some really good ETFs out there like iPay, which groups them together. I think they're going to be a great sector going forward. So, you know, they're, they're the things that we're looking at definitely for clients. And, you know, look at quality. Quality will always stand the test of time regardless of a financial crisis or a health crisis. What's the best advice for investors this week, Jack, on a shortened holiday week? Buy low and sell high, Michelle. No. <laughs> you got to give me something else, Jack. <laughs> Look, the, the fact that you said investors is um, how I look at markets. So if you're an investor, mm. you should treat this week like any other week. You right. buy assets now because you believe they're going to be higher than they are today in the long term. If you're a trader, you may need to adjust for it being a shorter trade week. But for me, and, and I say this with all you know, honesty, as an investor, you shouldn't care if it's a three-day trading week or a 10-day trading week or a 20-day trading week. What you're thinking about is a long-term outlook, uh, so it shouldn't come into play for, for investors. For traders, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for your views. Great talking to you. He's Jack Cousy, 10 years of experience as a fund manager and founder and director of strategy for the VFS Group, a wealth management firm based in Sydney, Australia. Take care, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.